0: Welcome, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the sun, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast we simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m., and then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m., we go through the Old Testament. Uh, we have children's ministry available for both services, and if you need to get more information on the church, you can go to calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bible ready, today we'll be in the book of Mark, chapter 15, verses 40 through 47, as we continue our verse by verse study. The title of this sermon is, Are You Looking for the Kingdom of God? Here is the first half of this two-part study, and so we want to do that. So, a couple weeks, we we're we're, we're actually at the death of Jesus. We we have him as he died on uh, the cross, as he cried out, uh, "It is finished." Uh, and and we saw the separation that happened between him and and God the Father as he took the sin upon him. And and we know that that he was there. He was he was here for a purpose. He he came to do. What God had, had placed on his heart to do, he was obedient and fulfilled the plan of redemption and, uh, and suffered on the cross because he loved us. And now what's very important is to understand as we dive into this portion of Scripture is to remember that, 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 that even though it's death, there's victory, right? My heart and my soul cry out. We've all been in that place in pain. And hurt. And no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, you can cry out to God. He's there. But you have to understand, when Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He had to be separated. Separated from God because He took upon the sins of the world on Him. And within that moment, Satan is defeated. In that moment, Satan is defeated. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, it says, Since therefore the, child, the children share in flesh and blood... He himself likewise partook of the same things that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil. We also know that sin was defeated. Uh, In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26, it says, For then he would have to uh, have had suffered repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of of himself. We know that John the Baptist said that, Behold, uh, in John chapter 1, verse 29, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins or the sin of the world. And so he's defeated Satan through death. He's defeated Satan, He defeated uh, sin, and he's also defeated the separation that we had before Christ died on the cross. We were separated from God, they had to sacrifice animals. They had to appear at the temple. And the veil was torn. That's what we learned the last time we were together. That sin had separated the sinner from God. In Isaiah verse 59, verse 2, it says, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden His face from you, so that He does not hear. Jesus broke down the wall of sin. And the separation... It is up to us. We can choose to follow Christ or not. You can choose to end the separation or not. That's the choice that we all have. And many don't don't want to do that. They want to continue to follow the, the ruler of this world, the devil. And I'm sure many of you during Thanksgiving may have run into a family member or so that doesn't have the same belief that you have in God. And those conversations can be hard at times. Because you know ultimately what their need is. But they have to come to that decision. We all have free will. We know there's victory in Jesus. And so today what we look at is the actual death. And it's very essential that we prove that Jesus died. Okay, Because there are some in the uh, the Muslim world that say that Jesus was not dead. That he went on to uh to hang out in in arabia and that's where the muslim faith came from that's where the quran comes from and that's not true we have to prove that he died and we're going to do that today and i'll show you where so as we look at our first point we look at remain and what what we're talking about is remaining till the end in verses 40 and 41 there were also women looking on from a distance among whom were mary magdalene The Mary of James and the younger of Hosea and Salome. And so these women that are listed, Mary Magdalene, we know in Luke chapter 8, verse 2. It says, And also a woman who had been healed of evil spirits had infirmities. Mary called Magdalene from seven demons came uh, out, had gone out. She's also going to be the first one to see Jesus. And we'll look at that next week in Mark chapter 16, verse 9. Now, there have been things that have been written about Mary Magdalene. It's very important for you to understand that things like the Da Vinci Code that came out years ago that try to claim that Mary Magdalene was the the wife of Jesus is false. It's a false narrative. And most false religions love to sprinkle a little bit of God or a little bit of Jesus with a lot of lies. And we see that all the time. We're seeing that more now today than ever because what they do is they sprinkle a little Jesus on something and they run it with spirituality and it's not true. So Mary Magdalene was someone who was possessed with seven demons, who followed Jesus, who remained with Jesus. We also know that, that Jesus' mother was there in John 19, verse 25. But standing by the cross, Jesus was uh, Jesus were, were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, then Mary Magdalene. So we know Mary, the, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of, of Zebedee, James and John, and, and Matthew 27, verses 55 and 56 is listed there. And then we also know that, that Salome was the sister, and she's going to be talked about next week as well, because she's going to go to bring spices and to anoint the body. One of the things that we need to get from all of this is that, you know, the only there was only one disciple at that moment where he says, "Woman, behold your son," and "Son, behold your uh, your mother." Uh, that was the only disciple was John. The rest of them are gone, and at this point, the women are the only ones that are here. Uh, we know that 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 at the crucifixion, as they as they followed him all the way into the burial. The women remained. They remained. They followed him. And and they never stopped following him. And and that's a beautiful display of how our faith is supposed to be. This is a woman's faith, and, and and I love this because it's displayed in the in the in the in the gospels. They were treated as secondhand citizens at the time. And yet they'll be the first ones to witness the resurrection thing we have to ask ourselves is as we look at the word followed, the word followed actually is a is a word that's used as a, as a one who would follow a commander, a soldier. One who would be a servant or a pupil. They followed. And you have to ask yourself, is my relationship with Christ, am I following that close, am I remaining with Christ no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in my life? in my remaining. In Mark 8, verses 34, it says, And calling to the crowd with him his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever will save his life will also lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. We see very simply that, that the disciples had forgotten what following meant, but the women did not. The other word that's used there, and this is a word that's used uh, where women will, uh, this is one of the verses they use to say what well, women can teach, men, is they minister to Jesus. And so it's very important when you look at the word ministered, because the word that we think of, like as a minister, right? That's the first thing we think of. But in the Greek, it's very important that you study what the words mean. Followed and ministered to Jesus. The word here in the Greek for for ministered is to be an attendant, a servant, to serve, to wait upon and supply food for the necessities of life. That's what they they did. Without the women, Jesus could not have done ministry. Okay, this is very important. There are no no small jobs in the kingdom of, of God. They're all very important. See, everybody wants to be on stage. Everybody wants to be in front of the camera. Look, I, I come from a, a bigger church, and, and with that church, it was like earth, wind, and fire with the worship team. Like I had eight mics and two guitar players and a drummer, bass player, and everybody thought they could sing because they all wanted to be in front of the camera. You know what the, the beauty is? is the ones that, that are behind the camera that never are seen. And that's what these women were. They were behind the scenes. They were making sure there was food. There was firewood. They were making sure that all the disciples in Jesus were fed, that their needs were being met because the ministry can't go on without it. And you can bet believe as they ministered to Jesus, they were probably ministering to other women as well. We think about this as a young church. This is very important for us as Every one of us have a responsibility or role, especially in our early church. We're all here to serve. We're all here to, 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 to love on people as they come through the door. I had something that was told to me the other day as I was talking to James. James told me, he said, man, he goes, I came in. I wasn't really in a good mood when I came in on Sunday. had a rough, rough week. And he goes, and Jimmy came up and said hi to me. He said, hey, James, how you doing? And he goes, the fact that he remembered my name and acknowledged me. And his whole demeanor changed. And within that moment, he's ready for the word of God. That's how important our role is as a church, as an early church, is to say hi to each other. Not just say hi. If somebody tells you, hey, my daughter's sick, let's pray. Let's pray right then. Or you go, man, I'm trying to get this job. Or like Miss Donna, she's been driving and trying to get Jacob back and forth. Ask her, how are you doing, Donna? How's Jacob doing? That's what a church is. We have a guy by the name of Oscar that does security. Probably one of the most I would love, man. I mean, that guy is awesome. He checks on my son every week. So I got one son with me, and the other son's still serving over at Grace. But he's always checking on Matt to see if there's any prayer needs, anything that he can guide or direct him with or just listen to him. Ben, who is security. Again, these guys, and it's all coming from Oscar because Oscar leads them. Some of the first people you see in a church is security. And they say hello to you. How you doing? My daughter came in with Joseph and Grace. And if you've seen Joseph, it's like trying to wrangle cats trying to get him into the church. And then looked at her and told her, you know what? You're doing a good job. It's going to get better. And he didn't know what kind of day she was having. It's the impact that we make. It's not this. See, I wonder how many people, and I, I heard this from Pastor Joe the other day, is how many people would actually remain and do the work of the Lord if they got no notoriety. Think about it. Fifteen years ago, there was no website, or well, let's go 20, 25 years ago. No web. You were, you were doing sermons on CDs if you had the money. Most pastors were doing ministry in, in obscurity. There were only a number of pastors that could afford to be on the radio. Now you have Facebook, Instagram. You have all these different things that, that you can broadcast even us but if you got no notoriety and God only got the glory, how many pastors would still do it? Think about that. We don't serve to be seen, we serve God. And God gets the glory. One of the things I love about these women is that there's so much that we can learn from them because they remained with Christ. When everybody else was gone, they remained. And let me tell you, you're going to be ministering to somebody someday and you can use this verse and you tell them you remain. Don't walk away. Remain with Christ. The women did. Don't walk away. Because look, I, I'm, I'm like this. I, I, I know there are going to be people that come and go in this church. But what my problem is is when you come and go and you take your problems to another church, remain. Put roots down fix your life it's not everybody's fault if you keep moving from church to church hello you need to deal with some stuff you remain nobody said that this was going to be easy and i've asked that question before how many of us have been hurt in church before we all have we've all had somebody step on our toes it's not fun but you remain you put deep roots down Your roots need to be deep for Christ. That way you're not knocked around when things start happening. You remain. The second point we have is request. they are going to request the body from Pilate. This is a big deal. Doesn't seem like it, but it is. Because Joseph of Arimathea could have been killed. He's going to a very lunatic Pilate who's fed up with the prophet Jesus, who's fed up with the religious leaders, and He's going to request the body of Jesus Christ. Verse 42, it says, And when evening had come, since it was the day of preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath. Now, the day of preparation, the day before the Sabbath, would have been between 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. And remember, we're at a very crucial point. This all has to happen in the next few hours as we look at this piece of Scripture. And so they're going to be very zealous to get the work done. they got to move. And so we know that... that In Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 22 and 23, it tells us that they have to follow the law. In Deuteronomy 21, verses 22 and 23, it says, And if a man has committed a crime punishable by death, and he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night on the tree, but you shall bury him this day, the same day. For a hanged man is cursed by God. You shall not defile your land that your Lord God has given you for an inheritance. So they, normally what would happen, the Romans would leave the bodies up there. They didn't care. It was a display, so you wouldn't, hey, that person tried to overthrow the Roman government. See what happens to you when you try to overthrow the Roman government? Or that person stole. See what happens to you when you steal? And so they used it as a, to try to keep people from doing things they're not supposed to do. So the fact that Joseph of Arimathea is actually going to ask for the body, it it goes against the norm for, for the Romans. In verse 43, it says, Joseph of Arimathea, a respected member of the council who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God, took courage and went to Pilate and asked for the body of Christ. So Joseph of Arimathea is actually a member of the Sanhedrin, a very wealthy member of the Sanhedrin. The fact that he actually comes out to, to, to Pilate, he's no longer in hiding as a follower of Christ. He's going to lose everything. His position, his power, probably a lot of his financing. But it's also fulfilling the peaceful scripture and Isaiah verse 53 verse 9 it says and they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. And so there is going to be prophecy fulfilled as the rich man Joseph is going to give up his tomb that has never been used. But he was a secret follower of Christ. And there was a second secret follower of Christ that's going to come out as well. In John 1939 nicodemus also who early had come to jesus by night came bringing a mix mixture of myrrh and alloys about 75 pounds in weight so we have to remember like one of the things i love is 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 you can't hide and this is very important for you to understand if you're going to remain the next thing you have to do is you have to be bold and be a follower of christ there's no secret agent christians you you don't play Christ here and then go to work and not be a Christian. I, I I I know too many guys that have done that, and it's wrong. It's wrong. It's like you're you're to be a follower of God wherever you go. Everywhere. And that's what we're gonna see because Nicodemus and Joseph are gonna be doing that from this point on. And they both lose their power. Because they're gonna have to deal with the chief priests and the Sanhedrin and the and the Pharisees. It's they were all part of all of that. But I love what it says in verse 43. It says, Joseph of Arethea, a respected member of the council, who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God. Looking for the kingdom of God. I love that's where we got our title from. Are you looking for the kingdom of God? It, that, that word in the Greek actually means to fulfill, to be expecting the fulfillment of promises. You're expecting it. You know what's going to happen. That's like you. You know, I've been promised. I, I belong to Christ. I'm. This is. I, I'll die here, but I'm going to be in eternity. There's. Pro, I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm waiting for that. There's fulfillment of a promise in that. Simeon was actually was was waiting and looking as well. He was waiting for the fulfillment of the promise that he was going to see the Messiah before he died. In Luke chapter 2 verses 25 through 26 it says now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon and this man was righteous and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel and the holy spirit was upon him. And had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He was waiting. He was looking. In Titus chapter 2, verse 13, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Are you waiting for the rapture? You should wake up every morning. Lord, if it's today, let's do it. But what happens is the church has gotten so comfortable in the world. I'm not sure how many of them would want to be raptured. They're kind of like, you know what, I kind of like where I'm at right now. I kind of like having the house and the summer home and all the other stuff. I got a boat, Lord. And, and, and so, sadly, the other side of that is, is you have the church that has treated the church as a bomb shelter. They're hiding in the church. They don't do anything to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't do anything to tell people, yes, there is a second coming of Christ and he's coming to judge the world. They're just wanting to be raptured from the responsibility of doing the gospel. And that's something that's very sad. One thing to remember is that as Jesus told us in Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, it says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. You need to highlight that in your Bible or or put a line under it or save it on your phone, however you have your Bible. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, to Christ. But then listen to what he says next. This is where we miss it. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am always with you to the end of the age. If I'm waiting for the promise, if I'm waiting for the fulfillment of God, I need to be ready to do the work of the Lord. Knowing that all authority has been given to Jesus Christ and He's given us the authority to go out and make disciples, but to teach them all that I've commanded. We miss that. To share the gospel. What did Jesus say at the very beginning of His ministry? In Mark chapter 1, verse 15, and saying this time is is fulfilled and the Kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the Gospel. Repent. The church has forgotten what it means to tell somebody, you've got to repent. We're all sinners. We need a Savior. See, one of the things I love about Joseph is Joseph took courage. He took courage and went to Pilate for the body of Jesus. He took courage and, and, and to be bold like the Apostle Paul. And Philippians chapter one verse fourteen it says, "And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear." Do you get that? They're suffering. He's in prison, and they say, "You know what? We're going to speak even boldly. We're going to have more courage, and we're going to go out and we're going to share the gospel." See, Pilate was was angry at the Jews already. And he was unpredictable. He could have killed him. And here we have this Jewish man of the Sanhedrin asking for a favor, standing out in boldness, not frozen in fear. We're supposed to be the same way with courage, to be bold for Christ. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 7, then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, in the sight of all Israel, be strong and courageous. For you shall go with his people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in the possession of it. We are to be bold. We are to be bold to say this is wrong. We are to stand with courage. Why? Because all authority on heaven and earth has been given to who? Our Savior. And we're hiding in bomb shelters of the church. We made these big, beautiful buildings and bomb shelters. Nobody wants to do any ministry outside the church. Nobody wants to stand and say, That's wrong. I'll give you something to stand about. Right off the bat, they try to. I, I even checked this to make sure this was a real story, even though Google said it was fake. It was not fake. There was actual. In Quebec, the College of Physicians actually recommended to parents that babies that are born with severe deformities should be killed. They actually met and they actually had a committee and they actually talked about it. And then Google tried to say, no, that's not true. Well, it turned up on The View the next day. And they talked about euthanizing deformed children that are born. That's wrong. Where's the church? You have all authority on heaven and on earth given to you by Jesus Christ. Where's the church to teach them? That's not right. What about Balenciago? The ads that came out with, with Balenciago, the, the, the clothing company that actually had pedophilia. Yeah, you need to look at this stuff. Y'all need to wake up. They actually had teddy bears in bondage with little girls in the picture. And if anybody paid attention and you look at the picture, right behind them is little dragons all over the picture with wine glasses in front of them. These are children, seven, eight-year-old kids in the photos. Where's the outrage? Who's going to stand up and courage and say, you know what? What's being done about this? This is wrong. This, this, this is so obvious evil in front of us. You can't hide it. Where's the church? If we're going to stand and encourage, you know, what's sad is it when somebody actually said that's wrong, you know, what? NBC, NBC, NBC said this. Uh, you can't say anything about Balenciaga ad because it goes against the LGBT community. I didn't know the LGBT community is now pedophilia, and they're not. So they're trying to shut you up. They finally canceled the ads. It's, this is the world that we're, we're, we're turning over to our kids. And 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 are we going to stand with courage? That's why he tells you to go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And what does he say next? Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. What are we doing? Look, I, I am, I'm not the type of person that's going to tell you to stand up. Not unless God puts it on your heart to do it. Because if if God has given it for you to do... Then you'll do it. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is, uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeart Radio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you to out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, a big white building right next to the, the post office. Uh, if you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.